Alexander here, Vivid Nectar Podcast, episode 261. Today's topics are going to be ranging from how has ASAP Rocky's testing age over the past couple years? From there, we're going to transition to Chance the Rapper's Big Day, small debut. What happened? Why the fall off? What was the reason for things occurring? And how has that aged as well? From there, we're going to go and talk about the strongest first half for a Drake album. I'm not going to say the album here. I'm going to let y'all think about it as we go on throughout this episode. But throughout Drake's discography, which album has the strongest first half? Then we're going to end it off with a problem. Yo, a problem I got with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. This is a problem I wasn't anticipating. But as time continues to go on, it's just like, it's missing it. It's missing this certain thing that as much as I love Kendrick, and it's happened before. It's just missing that juice that Kendrick albums usually have. Not even the juice, the sauce a little bit. And we're going we, we gonna to be discussing it now. Going on from there, those are going to be the topics. We may have some tangents as we go along. Y'all know how we do it over here. But for the most part, no tangent. No tangent plan. All right, so getting right into it. How has ASAP Rocky's testing age throughout the past five years. And before I discuss how it's aged, some things to note. Originally, when it released in May 25th, 2018, it debuted number four on the Billboard 200 and sold 75,000 copies first week. Now, why this is important is we understand commercially, it wasn't there. It wasn't doing the numbers we anticipated. Rocky, we expected 100 plus number one. So already there's something going on here. With the actual album itself, when it debuted, it was ASAP Rocky's most experimental. And for me personally, I enjoyed the new direction. However, the actual album itself was disappointing with some highlights sprinkled, just a couple highlights sprinkled in there. And here we are almost five years later. How has the album aged for me? An album that ASAP Rocky himself has stated he felt it is his own version of Yeezus which it's nothing, nothing close. But with that, the intro to this album right now, Distorted Records, still feels as lost and hazy as I remembered it the first time. I don't know how this left the USB drive, but for whatever reason, it made its way into the album and streaming platforms, and I haven't recovered since. ASAP Forever, come on, K-Kariti, Moby T.I., music video, whether we're talking about the OG or the remix, is a banger. I appreciate it. Tony Tone was something that could have needed a little bit more something. And I'm going to briefly be going over these songs just to see how it has aged for me, how I felt about it, any changes, and is it truly revolutionary? Did we not understand it when initially released? And to organize myself a bit, when these experimental albums drop, there are certain moments where, or certain conversations where we just don't get it at the moment. As time goes on, we'll appreciate it or get used to the sounds that maybe we weren't as comfortable with. It's not, it's not, this testing doesn't have that all the way, but I could see how more, a little bit timeless some of these tracks are, such as ASAP Forever. Anyhow, Fuck Sleep with FK Twigs, very melodic, very sort of moody. The ambience on there was something that was just a little bit foggy and I appreciate it. Praise the Lord. We talk about bangers. We talk about slaps, call drafts with Kodak Black, disappointing. And so far throughout this, as far as how has it aged? ASAP Forever, Fuck Sleep, and Praise the Lord have aged gracefully, still holding on to amount, a certain amount of replayability and fun. 
The fuck sleep could be debatable for you guys. But call drops, distorted records, Tony Tone, not really. Buckshots. Yo, this was an absolute slapper. I did not expect to appreciate as much as I did. In two minutes and 47 seconds, we have sort of like this acid Mad Max sonically in your ears. And then following that up with Guns and Butter with Juicy J. Definitely amazing, amazing. These are two tracks that I genuinely feel have age better as time has went on. What it lacks in sort of like that rhythm, that sort of, you know, where you could sort of get that, get that traction with the song and get caught in the loop. It's like every other 30 seconds, it just goes in a direction where you're like, all right, it is sort of expected. But this, these tracks have truly aged gracefully. Brother Man featuring French Montana, one of my favorite French Montana features. I was pleasantly surprised. This is a song you want to play in the morning after you get done watching The Sopranos and you got to hide a body. It just gets the job done. OG Beeper, Kids Turned On 500, Changes, Black Tux, White Collar, and Purity. Just the whole entire ending for testing, almost like one third of it, has not aged gracefully. It's very confusing. It there's the general lack of direction just continues to show itself as time goes on. It's just like, oh, when I first listened to it, maybe, maybe I don't get it. Here we are in the future. And it's just like, there's nothing to really get. And as much as I love Frank Ocean and people, you know, vouch for Frank Ocean, I would have appreciated a little bit, you know, it's a little more spice on that track. But with that, wrapping this up, ASAP Rocky's testing how has it aged five years later not not that well honestly most of this album has aged poorly has sort of stayed stagnant any bit of curiosity you sort of want to you know that sort of reveals itself throughout the years you, you come to find out there really wasn't much there and with that how do you guys feel about asap rocky's testing how did you feel initially how do you feel about it now how do you feel about how how it has evolved And what do you look forward to with this next album? Now, this, a bit of a side tangent here. For the podcast, for y'all listening right now, I originally covered this two years ago. And I can't wait to, I I watched the video. I can't wait to see like once this one's released and like watching them back to back, like how things have evolved and changed for myself and these topics. For those of you that watched that video two years ago, it was very, (laughs) it was rough. It was rough. But I I love the fact that I did it and we're going to see this progression right here. Now, what happened to Chance the Rapper's big day, small debut? Chance the Rapper was going on a killing spree with 10-day acid rap and coloring book. Let me remind you, in 2016, Chance was selling out arenas on Christian rap music doing numbers, making M's with the number three on his hat. So we got to put some respect on Chance the Rapper and not just respect, but appreciation. So this was off a series of mixtapes. So when it came time for his debut album, The Big Day, the cover art having the shiny disc looking like Jesus just sneezed on it and made it glow. We were expecting big things. We were expecting some great quality as well. Now, on August 4th, 2019, the Big Day debuted at the number two spot on the Billboard 200 with 108,000 first week, 27,000 of which were pure album sales. However, he lost out that number one spot. I believe, what was it? I, Shawn Mendes or NF, one of them two. Somebody please uh, let me know in the, let me know down below. But with this, 
numbers are okay with chance we we probably expected 150 200,000 first weeks but let's get into the actual music the stuff with the substance now this track this track this album the big day has 22 songs and the production throughout the album is just lacklustered any of that jazz influence we've seen on acid rap is rarely ever seen on here any of those nice enriching gospel orchestras that we've seen throughout coloring book just sort of disappear and even some of the clever wordplay some of the more fun stylistic rhyme schemes we get on 10 day especially on acid rap is almost non-existent and to a certain extent this feels like a heavily stripped back coloring coloring book but then you throw it in the trash can and light it on fire all right it ain't that crazy <clears throat> But seeing as how it's been, it's going to be four years since this album dropped. Let's go down through the track list all day long with John Legend was a pleasant intro, felt a little bit more. It, it could have been a bit more grand. But one thing that I would have loved for a chance on the big day is just to yo go crazy with the raps, go crazy with the raps. I would have loved that going on from there to do you remember? It was just sort of like. I felt a bit. Like that energy wasn't there. And here we are in the future. I still feel the same way. Eternal Wismino was a solid track. Hot Shower with Made in Tokyo and The Baby. This was a track that I loved. Everybody hated. And here we are four years later. And I'm like, I, I get why y'all hated this track. We go high. We go high. Very self-reflective, introspective love. I believe the music video that went along with this. And these are one of the bits of the big day that I wish Chance just capitalized on a bit. I Got You was forgettable. I, I really can't remember it. Photo Ops is a skit. Rue with Taylor Bennett is ridiculous. Both of them just, you know, talking about being the man of the house, having to grow up, that brotherly dynamic, having to grow up in Chicago and just this bond between each other. It's just chef's kiss, something I would have loved to see both of them capitalize maybe more in this album, maybe in more collaborations. And this track, has no reason to go as hard as it did. Taylor Bennett's fast. Taylor Bennett stole the show. This right here, Rue, Taylor Bennett's verse is the best verses we get in this entire album. Now, I'm, we're going to speed through a lot of this. I mean, we got tracks like Handsome with Meg that just weren't that good. Big Fish with Gucci could have been better. Ballin' Flaws and Shen Me Shawn Mendes. Listen, I have a very crazy guilty pleasure with this song whenever it comes to that peanut butter line. And I just started like sort of rocking with it. I'm like, oh yeah, peanut butter, peanut butter jelly with uh, whatever inside. It's goofy, makes no sense, but I love it. And everything else from Four Quarters, Get a Bag with Cowboy, it, it's just lackluster. Slide around with Lil Durk and Nicki Minaj felt like a nice Lucy, nice single. And everything else was forgettable. Now, how has this album aged as a whole? poorly a lot of the production on this album just falls flat in comparison to what we have received before as far as some of the themes there's a there's a large lack of fun on here a lot of a lack of rhyme schemes heavy emphasis on of course his loving relationship and at certain times certain reflective points but everything else just feels pretty bare to a certain extent there is a sense of appreciation on here and towards that gospel aspect you could sort of feel like a bit of that Christian sparkle in there, some of that God sparkle in here, but compared to the cover art, how we were expecting this to shine, it just did not follow through. With that, the big day was commercially and quality wise, 
a very significant drop for Chance the Rapper. Now, since then, Chance, of course, has been dropping Chance Music, which has been phenomenal. And with that, I want to ask you guys, how have you felt about the big day? How do you feel about the quality? How do you feel how it has aged over the past four years? Any highlights for you? Anything that sticks out? Anything that you wish you could have capitalized more on? And this is an album that, unfortunately, I want to pretend never, never entered its discography. Now, on to this next one. Now, I told y'all in the beginning, I told y'all in the beginning of the episode, think of a Drake, the Drake album that has one of the greatest first halves. One of the greatest first halves, not just a couple, I can talk about like a good half of that album is just like, bro, it couldn't get any better when it comes to sequencing, so on and so forth. I got y'all. The best, the best, most consistent, cohesive, explosive, when it comes to the, when it comes to the song sequency, Drake album. But the first half is, if you're reading this, it's too late. Yo, man. I just got to pause real quick. Let me, let me, let me. Not going to cry here, but starting off with Legend is a very interesting choice. This isn't a Drake intro that I'm exactly super fond of, but it puts Drake in this position right now in 2015, ever since, you know, really, truly being clean in the sky when nothing was the same, where it's just like, it's official. It ain't, it ain't a debate of whether he is a great rapper. It isn't a debate if he's, uh, you know, if he's going to stand the test of time. He's officially a legend. Drake could could have ended 2015 with this album and he is would have been still is a legend now going on from there energy 10 bands and know yourself it's like an adrenaline roller coaster that's just pumping you up the entire time so you go on a ride but it doesn't end after like 10 minutes you're going through all the ups and downs the loop-de-loops but it just continues to get even more aggressive and following that up with energy, 10 bands, know yourself, no telling. It just adds that nice flair, but a bit of a cool down, especially after know yourself, because know yourself, very amped up, uh, you know, nice build up in the beginning until we, of course, running through the six with our wolves. But no telling takes the back, takes some, um, presses the brakes, presses the brakes. We get a nice switch up into Madonna. Very melodic, uh, melodic, slow. The Candace is superb. And from here, we're probably thinking like, all right, now we're going to start getting some slower tracks, but not yet because we're going to continue on to Six God, another amped up roller coaster on here, a banger of a track. And then we're going to transition to Star 67. Star 67. I know I, I, I could I could work on instead of just double, um, saying the name of the track twice. Like, hey, you know, what about Star 67 from the phenomenal beat switch about halfway through? This feels like something you want to listen to, especially at night. Very spacious. Definitely that modern OVO sound. That's what I would like to say Star 67 holds. It's like this modern OVO sound that is just phenomenal. And that right there, from one through eight, Legend to Star 67, I believe to be the strongest first half for a Drake album, for, for any of the Drake project. Now, in total, if you're reading this, it's too late. It's about 17 tracks. So, you know, just about half of the project. And this is an album that whenever I did my ranking Drake's discography, I debated putting it 
at the S would take care. I, I was just held back a little bit. But as time continues to go on, I still have take care of number one. If you're reading this, it's too late. It's going, I, I can see it right now. I'm, I'm going to say it. If you're reading this, it's too late. It's going to end up being the greatest Drake album for me. And arguably ever. Like if anybody talking about it, like I could understand nothing was the same in take care. I mean, I'm take care right now, but yo, I'm just feeling it with a bit more time. If you're reading this too late is his magnum opus. And I mean, hey, with this first half, you, you could see why. Now, I'll get a bit into the second half. I'm not going to say that it falls off or anything, but this is where we start getting like different bits of energy throughout, like going off from Preach to Wednesday Night Interlude. We're definitely getting a lot more moody, that softer Drake that we're used to. Well, with Preach, we're getting a little bit more tropical with Party, but Wednesday Night Interlude with Party, we have the two different versions. We got the tropical side of them, you know, that pop can side of them. And then we got the, all right, we, we're going to go for the ovio soft side. We're going to go for the ovio soft side. And then used to Six Man, Now and Forever. And just going forward, all of these are phenomenal tracks, but that first half is just, there's this, this consistent, this focused sequencing with the tracks that it just flows phenomenal. I mean, overall, the whole project is crazy. Now, actually, I want to throw in this, uh, this side tangent here. The greatest, what, what, what would you say is the greatest three track run on a Drake album? Most recently, because of course, I've been, I've been bumping if you're reading this too late a lot. I would have to say going from used to six man now and forever is probably the greatest three track run on, on throughout Drake's discography. Now with this, of course, there are other three track runs that are phenomenal as well. But as of right now, I feel it's unbeatable. It, it really is unbeatable going from here, six man. And, you know, we get Drake sort of rapping on a more rapid pace. Whenever he's ending off his verses, he's sort of extending it. He's sort of making it not exactly singing, but a bit more melodic. And it just flows pretty well. Going into Now and Forever, it, I, I don't even know the right words to put it right out. It's just such a, it was a different direction than what, what I want to say we've heard from Drake. Even within this project, it just said a different direction. We was like, all right, mainly singing the hook and then sort of just uh, whenever he is going through the verse, it's sort of like wrapping it, keeping a bit of breathing room before going on to the next verse, so to speak. Yeah, again, this is part of the side tangent here. So I, I would like to revisit this as um, uh, three track runs throughout his discography. And then You and the Six for his mother. It is a beautiful, beautiful song. Extremely introspective, reflective. And to believe it, it isn't even an outro. It's a, uh, and it's like two, yeah, two songs, two songs off from ending. It's, it's something, something else. Now with that, that's why I believe if you're reading this, it's too late. Is it has his strongest first half of an album. And then somehow along the way, we ended up talking about how this could be arguably his greatest album, as well as uh, having a phenomenal three track run. I mean, we could also talk about, what is it? From Legend to Energy to 10 bands, to, to know yourself. That's also another phenomenal three track. But within the same project, I'm getting real excited, right? I'm talking about music. I, I can't help it. I'm going to listen to this in the web later on. Definitely. Now, in 2022, after about five years, Kendrick Lamar finally released Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Love the project. Love the fact that I went to the tour with Baby Keem, my girl. 
uh, my boy, and we were just like, great experience. Great experience. Phenomenal. Now, as I continue to listen to the album, I continue to unpack little bits and pieces throughout the verses and whether I'm relating it to the music videos that I've been doing recent breakdowns on the YouTube channel, the music videos, how certain scenes, certain colors relate to the verses and we could find more meanings to what Kendrick is expressing, to the canvas that he is painting. Whenever we have all of these elements just going with each other, it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But one thing that has been missing from Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers that continues to grow and that I have a problem with, my problem with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is the fact that we don't have any TDE features. And, you know, it wouldn't be a deal breaker if there wasn't a five-year absence. Now, there might be some of you that was just like, you know, Kendrick made the album the way he did. It's the way he wanted to do it. You know, the fact that blah, 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 so on and so forth. I get it. I get it. I get it. But we couldn't have gotten like, you know, J-Rock verse. We couldn't have gotten a little J-Rock. We could have gotten a schoolboy Q. A SZA. We could have got SZA. Like, we got Summer Walker, which uh, she did great, but we got SZA and you went with Summer Walker when you could have had SZA. Why? Isaiah Rashad finally being active as well, uh, I believe 2021. And we don't got an Isaiah Rashad feature. Now, it's just, it felt off. And I say this because with Section 80, Good Kid, Bad City, um, I don't believe To Pimp a Butterfly had any TDE features that I'm thinking of at the moment. Hold on, let me, let me check my, going on from the intro, damn, going to my head. Going to, mm, yeah, y'all seen it in my face. I'm like thinking real hard. I'm like, oh uh, yeah, to pimp a butterfly being an album that didn't have any TDE features. Of course, it's it's also phenomenal perfection. Missing that little bit of TDE sauce, but the way it was handled, it's just like I mean, I don't think for to pimp a butterfly. I'm not even thinking of TDE going into damn where we did get Schoolboy Q, J Rock, and then five year wait. Music played. And then with the five year wait, coming back and, whoa, 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 let me slow down. We had the Black Panther. <laughs> we had the Black Panther um, soundtrack album. And then, of course, he had his own compilation tape, but no TD there either. After the five year wait, it was just like this craving. Like, yo, we, we need the Black Hippie crew together. We need that chemistry, that dynamic. Like, y'all been, you know, we've been, t- not we, I'm not part of TDE. Sign me. Sign me up. Sign me to TDE. Come on, man. Let's. I got bars. No, I don't. I don't got bars. But it's just, it would have been nice to have the final send off with the label. This sort of final chapter into this new transition into PG Lang to have like, you know, some some collaborative efforts that would have in the future given all that nice send off, a bit of nostalgia, that nice brotherhood slash sisterhood with our SZA. But we didn't get it. That is a problem that, you know, as I continue to listen to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, it's like, damn, it could have had a little bit of that sauce. But uh, overall, I'm happy with what we did get. And with that Vivid Nectar podcast episode 261, we wrapping it up, man. So, you know, discussing ASAP Rocky's testing, how it has aged from there, what happened to the big day? Um, how do we feel about it since it dropped? How has that aged as well? Discussing 
if you're reading this, it's too late from the first half, three track runs, how in general, how we feel about the album and then ending it off with my biggest problem on Mr. Morale and the big step is being, you know, we need some, we needed some TDE on there. You know, this, this was definitely, this is a fun episode. I appreciate it. For those of you guys listening on streaming platforms, thank you. Go on your social media platform, share it, share the episode, go to your neighbor down the street, uh, print out, print out like, <laughs> print out where you're listening to the podcast on and hand it to them. Just give them that sheet of paper and say, hey, here, Just follow it. On, for those of you that watch this on YouTube or, you know, a bit, a bit of the both to get the visual or sometimes the audio, got, got love for y'all too. On the YouTube side, if you guys are listening to this, drop a like. Not just drop a like. I'm not going to do it. Drop a like, subscribe. Um, yo, definitely get on there. Get on the YouTube. We're almost at 400 subscribers. This is looking delicious. I can't, I can't wait till we reach that point where we're, we're at a thousand subscribers. I can't wait to reach that thousand subscriber mark, that 4,000 watch hour to get that monetization. I've been, not I've been, being in this process of making YouTube, making the YouTube grow, getting, getting the financial aspect of it to really blossom it into a self-sustaining career has been a turbulent journey. Uh, for those of you guys who, you know, been following me for years from, uh, my rise and growth on Instagram and having to transition that into YouTube and me, myself having to develop, grow and learn and be a better be a better entertainer, be a better sort of educator at times when it comes to this music, just in general, being a better podcaster, broadcaster, it's all paying off. With the podcast, we a year in, we're a year, actually a year plus in, we're doing great, doing great. And what else, what else can I say before I just start with like, oh, well, yeah, um, this is like my final call on Con- uh, my last call on Kanye's album. I appreciate it. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. I'm out.